welcome to the C3 Camden podcast. For more information about our church, please visit www.c3camden.church. We are so thrilled that you're listening today and we hope you enjoy the message. Thanks, Ellie. As someone who used to have to count all those offerings, no, I I hated it because I used to miss um, in one of my churches, I used to miss the service because I had to go and count that stupid offering and put it in the safe with all the, yes, with all that paperwork. So it was in the safe so that none of the rest of you stole it. Anyway, so anyway, it's great to be here and uh, welcome to those who are online. Uh, thank you, Pastor Rowan, for this opportunity uh, to preach. And, uh, you know, this has been an interesting week, hasn't it? Um, you know, a sad farewell uh, to the Queen and uh all weekend they've been proclaiming the new king and as much as I hope he does well I have to confess I've got another king and uh, his name was on the on the screen there along with King Jesus and uh, when I was sort of watching the um, all the you know proclamations and things I'm thinking I wonder how different this will be when Jesus actually is proclaimed king of kings um, on earth it's going to be amazing Uh, So we're talking today about encounters um, with Jesus. And just before I get into that, I just need to let you know that this week is also Are You OK Week. And so um, my message today has got a little bit of an Are You OK flavor to it. And the intention of that is to show you that even if you're not OK, Jesus is your answer. And so I'm going to be mentioning um, some childhood childhood trauma. I'm not going to be mentioning it specifically, but I'm just going to refer to it. And so, you know, I know for some people that that's a really, that's still a real raw thing. And so we just want to make you aware of that in advance and give you the opportunity to either choose to not listen to today's message, uh, maybe listen to it at another time. But we are going to, uh, the purpose of this is redemptive. And so, you know, we're going to end with that wonderful song, Turn Your Face Upon Jesus and look full in his wonderful face. And, you know, that's where we're going with this message. And, you know, please feel free to come and uh, chat with us. Um, if, and I'm, I'm, we've got kids in the room, so I'm not going to be mentioning anything at all that's traumatic, but I just needed to give that a little bit of a write-up. Okay, so a couple of weeks ago, Pastor Rowan started a new series, and it's called Encounters uh, with Jesus. And he used uh, two examples. One was the um, the lady from Samaria, and one was uh, the demon-possessed man on the other side of the Sea of Galilee. And he was using those as examples of the fact that Jesus went out of his way to have an encounter with people. You know, these people weren't expecting that encounter, but Jesus had a plan. He said, I must go through Samaria, or I have to go um, over the lake. And, uh, and he met these people, and had a significant encounter with them that changed their lives. Now, some of us may be here today or online and haven't yet had that encounter. But for most of us who are here today, I would imagine we're here because we have had an encounter with Jesus Christ. There's something very real about those songs that we were singing today because we have had an encounter with Jesus. Now, you might see that I'm actually wearing a chosen don't know if you can read that. A chosen uh, sweatshirt today. Get used to different. And I'm, 
I wouldn't actually say I'm, a, I'm more of a fan of the chosen than I am of Marvel. I, I really like Marvel as well. But I did buy the merch, and that's because I really the um, the chosen TV series. It's like it's not it's not a uh, an alternative to reading the scriptures, but it really gives a fresh interpretation on some of the scriptures, and it kind of really brings it alive. And I'm going to be using a couple of examples uh, from that uh, today, and. Uh, the main reason why I'm wearing this shirt is because I looked at the, um, the the picture that was taken of me when I preached last that was used to promote this, and it wasn't really that flattering. So it was I'm kind of thinking, you know, having ha- having the, uh, the 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 tummy out with the shirt out is it's not necessarily a good look. But now that I'm a grandfather, I am allowed to have a dad bod, so a granddad bod. Anyway, so in the in the chosen um, TV series. Um, Nicodemus, in the, in the first episode, Nicodemus the priest, is asked to go and visit Mary, whose name is Lilith at the time, and cast some demons out of her. And he just, he can't do it. And so, um, you know, he sort of despondent, but he, he sort of comes to the conclusion and he, and he says this to his followers, she's beyond human help. Only God himself could do something in her situation. And lo and behold, in the next episode, you actually he hears that Mary has been seen in her right mind and going about life. And he's thinking, oh gosh, I must have had something to do with that. I really need to go and find out um, what that was all about. And so we're actually going to show you that uh, scene because it's, I think it's a, really, it's a really great scene. So hopefully these guys will... It's you. It's real. Lilith. No, no, please, don't be frightened. My name is Nicodemus. I, I ministered to you, Lilith. I don't answer to that name. I am Mary. I was born Mary. But you were called Lilith, yes? Please, I must go. No, no, please, Mary. I, I am desperate for your help, Mary. I'm a, I'm a Pharisee. I'm visiting from Jerusalem. I'm a man of God. And I believe you have experienced a miracle, Mary. Are you really a Pharisee? Yes. I'm sorry, I wasn't... I'm not here to enforce Jewish law. So how do you know who I am? You really don't remember me at all. I burned incense. I don't remember. It's all a blur. I can't go back into that. No, no, I don't want you to. I can't even imagine. But you you are healed. That that much is clear. I just want to understand how it happened. That makes two of us. <laughs> How long after my visit did you feel the change? It wasn't anything you did. It was someone else. Someone else? He called me Mary. He said, I am his. I am redeemed. It was so. 
get this? I don't know his name. And even if I did, I could not tell you. Why not? His time for men to know has not yet come. His time for men? <laughs> he performs miracles and seeks no credit? What does he look like? Is he a member of Sanhedrin? Would you at least know him if you saw him again? <laughs> I don't know why I am sharing this with you. I. I don't understand it myself. But here is what I can tell you. I was one way. And now I am completely different. And the thing that happened in between was him. So yes, I will know him for the rest of my life. <laughs> How powerful is that? I was one way, and now I'm completely different. And the thing that was in the middle was him. Who, who can relate to that? I, I certainly can. And, uh, you know, um, in our gathering a couple of months ago, we were excitedly talking about Jesus, as you do in your gatherings. I'm assuming you do in your gathering. We do it in our gathering. But um, on, on this night... There just seemed to be a really strong presence of God there. And I remember saying this. Um, I love this because it shows that I'm not the only lunatic on the planet. You know, sometimes when you think about your Christian faith, if you were the only person that actually thought the things that you do, you would think you're a lunatic. And that, look, the reality is that there's some people who do think we are lunatics. But when you start talking to somebody else who's been through the same experiences and met the same Jesus that you have, it just, you know, something happens. There's like a fire that starts to burn within you or like Pastor Rowan was talking about um, in his message, there's a rivers of life that just start flowing through you when you start talking about uh, Jesus. So when did you encounter Jesus? For me, it was uh, New Year's Eve, 1978. I know that was last century. Yes, I am that old. Um, and I was at... Uh, International Boys Brigade camp um, in the South Island of New Zealand. I come from the North Island. And uh, the gospel message was preached that night and I felt drawn to go up. And when I went up and I gave my heart to Jesus, I just felt the presence of God all over me. Now, I'd been going to Sunday school. The Boys Brigade is like a, uh, a Christian version of the Scouts. And so I, I heard about Jesus. But the fact is I hadn't met the risen Jesus. I'd, I'd heard about Jesus, the man, but I hadn't actually encountered the risen Jesus. And uh, for some of you who've uh, heard my story, uh, you know that I had a bit of a difficult childhood, and there is some childhood trauma that I'll mention uh, later. So leading up to that encounter with Jesus, I was really a, a broken and, and hurting young man. And as I was prayed for, something changed. Now, I wasn't delivered completely from those things. But like Mary, I can say I was one way and I am another, and the thing that made the difference was him. The challenging thing about being a Christian is that we still struggle with, with things. Some people get miraculously healed and some people don't. I've been miraculously healed a number of times, and so I know it works. Um, I've also prayed for people and seen them miraculously healed, uh, but then some people haven't been. 
Some people get delivered and some people don't. And, you know, we, we really don't have the answers. And um, so we live knowing the promises of God, but not always seeing them fulfilled in our life right now. And that can be very challenging. And it can cause us to beat up on ourselves. And we start to doubt our own faith um, and the love that God has for us. Now, as I mentioned, this week is Are You Okay Week? We were encouraged to ask each other, are you okay? And hopefully, if we're not okay, we actually have the strength to actually put our hand up and say, you know what, I'm not, please help me. One of the things that I love about this church and our, our leadership in particular is that we have permission to not be okay. Now, that's not saying that we want people to stay in that state, but we would much rather have you not okay in the house of God and in an environment where you can be encouraged and loved and pointed towards Jesus, they're not okay out there on your own. And, uh, you know, uh, sometimes if we're, if we're struggling, we can think that it's a sign of weakness to actually put our hand up and say we're struggling. But actually, no, that is a sign of strength. And uh, so I just want to encourage you in that. Now, while it's normal for us to want to please uh, God and to you know, do well in this uh, Christian life, sometimes we can set the bar even higher for our own lives than what God sets it. Anyone been there? A few little yeses. Uh, certainly that's uh, my uh, thing. I'm a perfectionist and uh, I'm pretty hard on myself. And we compare ourselves to the great men and women in the Scriptures without really realizing that actually they struggled. And the scriptures are full of them struggling. The Apostle Paul's conversion was pretty dramatic. Jesus literally knocked him off his horse. That's where that uh, term comes from, being knocked off your high horse. Um, and you know, he blinded him with a bright light. He was, he was uh, blind for you know, a little while. And, and you know, Paul said, well, his name was Saul at that time. He said, who are you, Lord? And, and Jesus said, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. Now, at that point, Paul wasn't encountering the earthly Jesus. It's highly likely that he'd heard Jesus preach or that he'd seen Jesus because he was studying under Gamaliel, who was one of the, uh, the Pharisees uh, of the time in uh, Jerusalem. And certainly just after the crucifixion, Paul was there being sent out by the Jewish leaders to you know, attack um, uh, the new church. And so he was certainly around at the time. But he had an encounter with the risen Jesus. Now, you would think if you had an encounter with the risen Jesus, you wouldn't struggle. I mean, some of us romanticize and think, gosh, you know, if we were just back there and Jesus was just right there, you know, with us and, and we actually saw with our own eyes what we see with our spirit, Surely we wouldn't struggle. But that's not what we see in the life of Paul. And uh, so in uh, Romans uh, chapter 7, Paul is, is quite open about the fact that he struggles. And I'm just going to read uh, a, a small part of that. Romans chapter 7, verse 21 to 24. I've discovered this principle of life. When I want to do what is right, I inevitably do what is wrong. Anyone relate? Or just me? I'll put my hand up. You guys can just close your hands. I'll close your eyes. Okay. Um, I love God's law with all my heart. 
but there is another power uh, at war with my mind. This power makes me a slave to sin that is still within me. Oh, what a miserable person I am. Who will free me from this life that is dominated by sin and death? Another translation says, Who will free me from this body which is leading me to death? You know, it was a struggle. And sometimes as, as Christians, we struggle. We feel like this. It's like, I want to do what's right, but there just seems to be another law at work in me. And I find that, you know, I'm just not meeting my own standards, let alone the standards that God has for me. But in verse 25, and particularly the first part of that, Paul says, thank God. The answer is Jesus Christ, our Lord. And, you know, for us, that is who our answer is. It's, it's, we will all struggle, but Jesus Christ is our Lord. Now, throughout Paul's ministry, uh, so Paul doesn't actually just focus back on his first conversion to get him through. There's many times in Paul's ministry where he actually refers to other encounters uh, with, uh, with Jesus. And that's kind of where I'm going today. Um, so... You know, Paul found himself in difficult situations and he lists many of those uh, kinds of uh, things in his letters. Um, but then he says things like this in um, 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 17. But the Lord stood with me and gave me strength so that I might preach the good news in its entirety for all the Gentiles to hear. And he rescued me from certain death. You know, I believe that Paul experienced a Jesus who was actively involved in his life. And at all those significant points, when Paul really needed him, Jesus was there. You know, the Old Testament talks about Jesus being the one who sticks closer than a brother. And, uh, you know, that's for us today. The Apostle Peter was another strong uh, believer in Jesus. I mean, he was the, he was the number one uh, disciple. And uh, he you know, had the advantage of actually being with Jesus for the three years of Jesus' earthly ministry and seeing all the miracles. I mean, he saw the, you know, the, 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 the fish that uh, when he was a fisherman, he saw the blind eyes open. He was even on the Mount of Transfiguration when Moses and Elijah turned up and God said, this is my son, and Jesus started glowing. And, you know, that, was, that would be kind of awesome, don't you think? Don't you think if you'd seen that, you would forever walk strongly with Jesus. Well, that's not what happened. Because uh, on the night that Jesus was betrayed to the Romans, Peter denied Jesus three times. You know, and he left and he wept bitterly because he was so broken that he just, he didn't have what it took to truly be in a disciple of Jesus. But that wasn't the end of um, Peter's story because we know that uh, Jesus then turns up uh, on the shores of, of Lake uh, Galilee and uh, the disciples have been out fishing and, and Peter sees Jesus and he jumps into the water and, you know, uh, swims across to him and, you know, Jesus, Peter denied him three times and Jesus deliberately restores him three times, again showing that Jesus is specific. He goes out of his way to meet us at our point of failure to restore us back to him. Isn't that, isn't that great? I thought it was interesting in the... Uh, sorry, the reason why we're doing this series is because we recognise that at this time, people are struggling. 
even though we're Christians. We've been through a hard time with, with COVID and, you know, that's, that's really impacted a, a lot of uh, people. Um, you know, people are run down mentally, we're run down physically, sometimes we're run down spiritually. And when that happens, sometimes we struggle. And uh, I thought it was interesting in the Chosen series that they allowed Mary's character. And uh, normally it's a man who stumbles and gets triggered by things of the past. But in this situation, they actually chose Mary. And, and this is not um, detailed in the scriptures. This is just their interpretation. But she gets triggered by some events of her past and she um, spirals into depression and walks away from Jesus. And really, it's her friends who have to come and bring her back. And we're just going to watch uh, that scene. It's not you. There's quite a lot going on right now. So it's good to have you back. I don't know what to say. I don't require much. I'm... I'm so ashamed. You redeemed me and I just threw it all away. Well, that's not much of a redemption if it can be lost in a day, is it? Yeah. I owe you everything. But I just don't think I can do it. Do what? Live up to it. Repay you. How could I leave? How could I go back to the place I was? And I didn't even... I didn't even come back on my own. They had to come get me. I just can't live up to it. Well, that's true. <laughs> but you don't have to. I just want your heart. The Father just wants your heart. Give us that, which you already have. And the rest will come in time. Did you really think that you'd never struggle or sin again? I know how painful that moment was for you. I shouldn't. Someday. But not here. I'm just so sorry. Look up. <laughs> I can't. You can. Look at me.
going to have an altar call uh, later with the ministry time. But you know, that's for you today. If you're struggling, that's the response that you're going to get from Jesus. It's not going to be, go away from me. It's going to be, look at my face. And that's why, you know, it's, um, we're singing that beautiful song, Turn Your Face Upon Jesus. So there was a time in my life about 13 years ago when I was not okay. And the reason why I'm telling you this is because sometimes we get this, I suppose, false view of our leaders. And we want to make this church a safe place where it's, it's okay to be honest. And I said, I'm not going to go deep into, into things, but I want you to know that there was a time when I was not okay. Some people fall out of ministry. I was kind of pushed out of ministry. Um, I was told by a much younger man who is, uh, was uh, over me in, in leadership that I no longer had what it took to be a minister and had nothing else to offer. And having been in uh, ministry for about 16 years of full-time ministry and different ministry opportunities uh, before then, uh, I was humiliated and I was you know, devastated and felt like a failure. And like Mary in that portrayal, oh, you didn't see it, but uh, she spiraled down, you know, and I, you know, I couldn't talk to anybody because as a leader, you're supposed to hold it all together. And, you know, uh, it's hard when you actually uh, do struggle. And when you're struggling, there's a lot of... um, repressed things from our past that we've thought we've dealt with that actually uh, come back up uh, to the surface. And I had known that there was courses that were being run for people who had suffered childhood traumas, but I'd never actually gone and done any of those things because I always felt, gosh, if, if people see me as a pastor going and getting help in a public situation like that, what would they think? Would it hinder their own faith journey and, uh, and their own struggles. And uh, you know what? <laughs> Let me just say right here, that's a crock. It's like, we are not the Messiah. Jesus is. And the enemy would love you to stay locked in your fear of, you know, everybody else's expectation and never get the help that you need. And it took me a long time until I wasn't a pastor that I actually had the opportunity to go and get some of the help I need, that, that I needed. And, uh, you know, so I, d- I did go and enrol in this course. And, you know, it was, it was okay. But, it, it, you know, I didn't come out of it kind of feeling um, totally fixed, which I suppose was disappointing. And um, I, re- I remember having this, uh, I, I got into the car and I was really angry at God. I was just, venting to him that it wasn't fair. What had happened to me was not fair and I shouldn't be struggling with it all these years later. And, you know, as you can imagine, my emotions were a little bit heightened at the time and you're probably glad you weren't in the car. I didn't use any expletives to God, but he knew how devastated that I was. And I, I turned the, um, the car on to, to drive home and there was a song that came on uh, the, the car stereo and I'd heard it, I, I must have heard it before because it was one of my sort of uh, CDs back, back in the time and 
uh, it was an old CD, so I, I obviously had heard it, but it was like I was hearing it for the first time. And it was a song called I Am by uh, Mark Schultz. And this is what um, the words say, or the chorus anyway. It says, I am the fount of living water, the risen son of man, the healer of the broken, and when you cry, I am your saviour. Sorry. Who, who bore the sins of man, the author and perfecter, beginning and the end, I am. I am the spirit deep inside you, the word upon your heart. I am the one who ever knew you before your birth, before you were. And, you know, for me, that was such a, an amazing, powerful encounter with Jesus. And, you know, Jesus is all about doing those kinds of things. You know, that's only one of many encounters like that that I've had with Jesus. He, he seems to know exactly when I need them and uses all kinds of ways to come and surprise me. And, go, and you know, there's a, there's a, a, a line in a, uh, sometimes a line in a movie and he goes, Brian, that's for you. Or there's a song we sing in church and he goes, Brian, that's for you. Or there's an anointing that comes uh, sometimes, you know, when we're in a gathering like this and he goes, Brian, that's for you. And today I want to encourage you that if you're struggling... He's right there with his open, loving arms, ready for you. Now, there are, there are many um, amazing worship songs out there. And, you know, I think that the reason why this one spoke to me was because I wasn't hearing the I am. I was hearing the I am. I was hearing the I am name of God, the holy name of God. Uh, in uh, John chapter 6, uh, 18, they just uh, put that, uh, when Jesus was actually in the Garden of, of uh, Gethsemane and they were coming to um, uh, arrest him. Oh, don't worry if it doesn't come up. Um, he, uh, when he, he said, uh, no, actually, no, it was one before then, don't worry about it. Um, it was, uh, sorry, John chapter uh, 18, verse 6. The soldiers came in and said, are you here? And Jesus said, I am. And there was so much power in the name, that they all fell back. And, you know, that was the same power that Moses felt when God spoke. And, um, you know, there's power in that name. And we sang that song today. There's power in the name of Jesus. You know, there's 351 Old Testament prophecies that are fulfilled in Jesus Christ. And when I think about that, it reminds me of the kind of kaleidoscope that you see at the start of a Marvel movie, where you see all the different characters and then they all just kind of come and be part of the, uh, the, the Marvel kind of logo. Well, this is a bit more significant than that. This is like you look into the eyes of Jesus and you see flickering in his eyes all 351 prophecies about who he is and those eyes are staring into your soul and he says, you know what, I love you. And I want to help you. And, uh, you know, he said, and of course he says, I am. Uh, and uh, so, um, you know, I actually made that song uh, a ringtone on my phone for, for about a year because I, I really needed it because I couldn't really talk to anybody. I mean, Rosie was my rock and uh, Pastor Rowan even at that time. Uh, but I couldn't really sort of talk to anyone. So it was just me and God and, and that ringtone. Um, and it was great. Um, but Jesus makes seven of these I am statements in the gospel. 
um, with the intention of letting his hearers see and hear exactly who he is. Now, some people would have just heard I am. And they'll be thinking of, you know, Jesus the baby, meek and mild. And, you know, or they'll be thinking about Jesus the carpenter's son. And today, many people hear the name of Jesus. And they just think of a good teacher. But for those whose hearts were open and could hear the I am, um, there was amazing power. And one of those statements that I want to focus on today as we come to a time of ministry is, I am the good shepherd. And we've already sort of gone there today. Thanks, um, Ali. Uh, from John chapter 10, uh, verses 11 uh, to 15. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd sacrifices his life for the sheep. A hired hand will run when he sees a wolf coming. He will abandon the sheep because they don't belong to him and he isn't their shepherd. And so the wolf attacks them and scatters the flock. The hired hand runs away because he's only working for the money and does not really care about the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and they know me, just as my father knows me and I know the father. So I sacrifice my life for the sheep. Then when we hear the phrase, I am the good shepherd, some of us who've been around for a while will probably think about Psalm 23. And uh, we are actually going to go there as the, uh, the, the worship team come. But uh, I was interested this uh, week in my devotions um, that I got, to about, I got to Ezekiel chapter 34. And actually that talks about God being the good shepherd and actually saying a lot of the same kind of things, sort of prophesying this uh, good shepherd coming, which ultimately we know is Jesus. But um, today, right now we're going to um, enter a time of... Uh, of worship, and uh, before we we go there, I'm just going to take you to Psalm uh, 23, because what I want you to do is, if you if you're feeling God, I need some prayer today. I want you to be turning your eyes upon Jesus, and start seeing some of those prophecies flickering in his and those promises flickering in his eyes as he looks lovingly. Uh, <clears throat> towards you. Psalm 23 verse 1 says, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. You know, I've, I've preached a whole six-series message on this one psalm with six little verses because there's so much in it. But the fact that the Lord, and this is capital L-O-R-D, Jesus is my shepherd, you're owned by him. You're loved by him. He cares for you. All those things he talks about, his sheep, he's talking about you. And he says, I shall not want. He will look after all of our needs and all of our wants. You know, needs come before wants, don't they? But this says, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. You know, green pastures is a, is a place where it's safe and there's food. Um, he leads me beside still waters. You can't drink out of a, a turbulent river. So your shepherd, Jesus Christ, leads you to a place of refreshing and wholeness. He restores my soul. He gets all those broken bits of our life and he pieces them all back together. And, you know, restore is not repair. So you're not sort of this broken person with a little bit of glue, you know, a bit like or gold, I suppose, like those, those Chinese kind of art pieces 
but He actually restores to make better than you. He says, He leads me in the paths of righteousness for His sake, not because I'm so great, but because of His glory, He gets me and leads me in His paths of righteousness. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me. You know, we're never alone. It says, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You know what a rod and staff is? That's that big stick he holds, and he just comes and taps you and gets you back into line. He also has the crook, which you can just sort of grab you. He's done that for me a couple of times. Um, It says, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, and my cup runs over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Now we're going to turn off the uh, the live stream uh, shortly and invite those who'd like uh, some prayer to come forward. For those at home, uh, you might like to search for that song. Um, it's called uh, I Speak Jesus. Um, or you might like to go for the old hymn, uh, which is the uh, the refrain, turn your eyes upon Jesus and just use that to sit in his presence uh, for a while and look full in his wonderful face. You don't have to be here to give ministry, but we'd love you at some point to come to church and give ministry. So, Thanks for listening to this week's message from our church. We pray that you feel empowered by what you've heard today. We hope that you can stay connected by following us online. You can find us at C3 Camden on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube, or visit our website at www.c3camden.church. You always will.